0: Revealing Truth by Exposing Lies. What does that mean? That means that on this podcast, we're going to talk about a variety of subjects, but we have an intention in mind, and that is to move beyond political ideology, religious dogmatism, tribalism, and nationalism, even beyond personal opinion, beyond false authorities that so many people don't even question, and taking you, the audience, someplace that you may not be quite ready to go, to that place beyond us and them. This is Two Dimwits. We are two political idiots who want to discuss politics and religion. Dwight Hignite on the left Mark Matthews, on the right. Thank you for joining us as we find common ground between the far left and the far right. It started with an expose detailing countless allegations against Hollywood producer Harvey Weinstein. But soon, personal stories began to pour in from women in all industries across the world, and the hashtag MeToo became a rallying cry against sexual assault and harassment. The movement began on social media after a call to action by the actor Melissa Milano, one of Weinstein's most vocal critics. She wrote, If all women who have been sexually harassed or assaulted, wrote Me Too as a status, we might give people a sense of the magnitude of this problem. Within days, millions of women and some men used Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to disclose the harassment and abuse that they have faced in their own lives. They included celebrities as well as ordinary people who felt empowered to speak out, perhaps for the first time. The story moved beyond any one man and became about men's behavior towards women in general and the imbalance of power at the top in particular. The MeToo hashtag has been used more than a million times in the United States, Europe, the Middle East, and beyond. The French have their own word for it, as do the Spanish. Facebook said that within 24 hours, 4.7 million people around the world engaged in the Me Too conversation, with over 12 million posts, comments, and reactions. It's happened to pretty much every woman you know, one online activist said. I think it is really important that we don't allow this to become a story about one bad guy who did some terrible things because he's a monster, And to make it clear that actually, it is not just monsters. It happens in every country, every day, to all women. And it's done by friends, colleagues, good guys who care about the environment and children and even feminism, supposedly. Until the internet came along, we just weren't having these kind of conversations about what it's like to be a woman. What it's like to walk down the street and be harassed with... Catcalls. We didn't know about the idea of everyday sexism. The movement is part of a string of hashtags and methods used by women to highlight harassment. The Weinstein revelations also came on the anniversary of the leaked 2005 Access Hollywood tape, in which Donald Trump bragged about kissing and touching women because, quote, When you're a star, they let you do it, unquote. So, uh, we're going to talk about this. And uh, it has been talked about quite a bit, but on Twitter, you're limited to 140 characters. And I don't think these women can really express their stories or give them justice in that short of span of time. Um, Still, there is hope that this hashtag will bring about some form of healing, I was reading some stuff on the internet and the Me Too movement has actually entered into the world of pornography. What? Yes. Now yes. we're now we're having a podcast. This was boring. This, yeah. and now it's not. Now we're talking about sex and porn. Oh, yeah. Man, okay. So followers, um, here we go. We'll have what, a lot of people following this. So one. I'm glad we got all the other stuff out of the way hmm. so that the women listening to this podcast won't hate us because we're, you know. <laughs> and so we we've done our duty. We've done our duty by putting this on the Putting this uh, conversation on the market, and we've mm. said all the right things, we've been politically correct, mm. but now we're going down the deep, now down. we're down, we're going no. down the rabbit hole. Now we're in trouble. That's right. Now, I have to interject the question here. I watched sure. a couple of YouTube videos, and both of the YouTube videos I watched, uh, the men were ranting and raving about how this has turned into a witch hunt. Uh huh, yeah. Well, I tell you, anytime
1: there's a challenge against the status quo, The first step of change is resistance. And I figured that you'd probably bring this up, to be honest with you, Mark. And, and, you know, the the conservative view or the, I won't say conservative because that really doesn't do conservative justice, but the, um, yeah, you haters, go for it, but the Trumpian view, because you actually quoted Trump's little audio tape, uh, the Trumpian view is that everything is a witch hunt and... These women are just prudes, and uh, you know this is all made up, and this kind of stuff. Um, from my personal experience, and that's the only thing I can talk from. Let me tell you something: it is not made up. I deal with the fallout from sexual assault every single day.
0: Now hold on, I'm gonna have to sp- I'm gonna have to play devil's advocate here, sure. because I don't disagree that uh, it's heinous. Crime, criminal act uh, what this Weinstein character did I don't know what he did or didn't do but where there's smoke there's fire and that's good enough for me yeah alright so I think that you know we. I remember the Thomas uh, when Thomas what was it the Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas Clarence Thomas oh, and yes. uh, who was it Anita Hill Anita Hill yeah, yeah. Remember back, back in the, in the 90's when yeah. we were yeah. in high school mhm yeah, mm-hmm. and so I felt then that uh, this was a dynamic that was waiting to explode in the future. Mm-hmm. Because um, the, all the dynamics that we're talking about were present in mm-hmm. that situation. That's and right. So there were, you've had women, but let's dig deeper into this. Now, I'm, let's go back and relive some history. Let's, okay. Let's, because the, the woman who started the Me Too movement mm-hmm. actually is a black woman.
1: Yes,
0: and uh, uh Burke, I believe. Burke, yeah, Burke. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, so, Mrs. Burke put that on the marketplace of ideas uh, several years before two thousand six, right before mm-hmm. the Bernstein. And she said that the Me Too movement that she sees now is almost unrecognizable. I think she was
1: trying to start a Me Too movement that was primarily focused on African American women mm-hmm. and especially the. Uh, the disenfranchised, once the poor,
0: right, the, the lower class African American women that had no, no one to speak for them, basically, right, and that's a whole that mm-hmm. seems to be a whole other issue, and it's a legitimate uh, issue, and it, but. What I'm going to say about it is that uh, when you get white people involved, they don't really understand the African American experience, sure. and so what? But they want to share in this uh, activity, so what they bring to the table is the pain that they're familiar with, and the mm-hmm. pain they're familiar with is sexual harassment. So they want to mix and commingle these things and well, say, "I suffer too." You know, I've been sexually yeah, harassed. Well, there's sexual harassment and there's sexual assault. What I'm saying is that the people involved in the Me Too movement from the beginning, before it became Harry Weinstein, was about powerless people trying to regain some power. And when the white women got involved, their idea of uh, trying to – extend it's not about sex. It's about power. Okay. Was, actually, and- I'm glad you said that because that was my next statement was
1: this is the, – the idea of sexual assault – And the idea of sexual harassment, regardless of what color you are, regardless of how much money you have, it's not about sex, it's
0: about power. Right, but coming out and putting yourself on the market and selling yourself as a victim to the whole world is also about trying to leverage your victimhood into some kind of power. Absolutely. And so that's what we're talking about here. Yeah, and and why shouldn't they? Their power has been taken away from them. By a
1: uh, by a man who has belittled them, has dehumanized them, uh-huh. and has oftentimes uh, used them against their will as some sort of a uh-huh. tool of gratification. So these women that that and and, and ladies, I I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not speaking for you because I know what I've read, I know what I've heard, but I have not lived what some of you have lived through. Okay, but. It seems that their power's been taken away, so why shouldn't they look for some way to regain that power? Think about how many actresses and how many people Harvey Weinstein and it's not about Harvey Weinstein, this is a systemic problem. He just happens to be the famous guy that gets that becomes a symbol of the movement. Think about how many how many actresses uh, that um, he assaulted and how many he harassed and and how many of them had been belittled and had their
0: power and their dignity
1: taken away from them. Well, what Why shouldn't they be allowed to regain their power?
0: It's not about old Harvey and mm-hmm. but he. But let's look at him. You're, as you just sure. said, he was in a position of power. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what there's. I think we can divide this whole question into different camps. Okay. You've got. Um, the original intent of the African-American experience, then, then, sure. there, then there came the liberal white women and their mm-hmm. thing, and, and I think that's where the witch hunt started. And then you have... Um, Please don't say witch hunt. It reminds me of Trump. Freaks me out. Go ahead. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> well, I mean, if you go back in history, there were such a thing as a witch hunt. I, I People know. did I, have the scarlet letter. That's yes. a real thing. Yes, I'm okay. joking. I'm so joking. So, the thing is that, but you also need to subdivide this into the kinds of Cases. I mean, there, I think there's three levels. You have positions of power. Okay, like um, the bo- Bill Cosby. He was. Yes. He, he took advantage of women. Absolutely. And, and that they thought of him as a mentor that was going to help their career. Exactly. And he drugged them. And, yes. And, 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 and raped them. They wake up the next morning wondering what happened. Fifty some women. Yeah. It, it, that's horrible mm-hmm. okay so you have these cases like Weinstein and others who are in positions of power and at, at the beginning of the segment I talked about the European Union because that's a powerful body yeah. of you know mm-hmm. uh, it's an administrative body that they and so I'm sure that there's some the woman wrote a, she has a book she has 80 cases of sexual harassment that mm-hmm. were happened by her co-workers in the European okay and, and this is people in power. And that's, that's what I'm saying is well, you've got one stratosphere at one level. It's people with power abusing that power. And then below that, you have like college kids drunk and, and, and not knowing uh, much about how to have okay. a relationship. Okay, that's a whole different let's, thing.
1: Let's separate this, though. The thing, and I agree with you on that to a certain extent. To a certain extent. But here's the deal. Mm-hmm. You know, The idea of power is just not relegated to powerful people there's a strata of power in day-to-day life. Sure. Um, I work at a school. My boss has power over me. Right. Um, the teachers have power over the students. Right. The the students think I have authority over them and I have no authority over them and they feel really relieved when I actually tell them that and it really helps our relationship. But power is not this isn't just this me too movement is not just reserved
0: for the rich and famous and the powerful people, uh, because that we think of as powerful. That we think, yeah, because exactly. you're, you're, what you're saying and I agree is that uh, there's stratus. People have status, uh, and that's a, a power position. Yeah, that it's a hierarchy that yeah, you, you know, and, you talk about, and that comes at all levels of society. And, mm-hmm. and so you can have it on your job. Absolutely, your boss could be the most powerful person in the world, or at home, yeah. or in school, right.
1: or among your friends. It,
0: <laughs> there's a power strata. The thing is, I'm very sensitive to women being in that position where they are, uh, where a man can take advantage of them, okay? I'm very sensitive to that, um, and I'm very sympathetic to that. Mm -hmm. I've never in my life been in a position of power over, you know, where I could, uh, you know, manipulate or try to um, take advantage of a woman because I had some power over her. I've never been in that position. Neither have I. And I wouldn't really want to be. I, the The idea of having that kind of power is distasteful to me in the first place, mm-hmm. but you know that's just the way I am, and that's why I don't make uh, you know more money than I do because I you know I'm not out there. I, I I have the same problem when it comes to selling some product that I think somebody doesn't need. I'm standing in a Walmart trying to tell somebody that hey hey why don't you get this uh, um, you know satellite TV and mm-hmm. they're like I don't need it. I'm like yeah you're right you don't need it. Yeah, you know I, mean? right. I I can't, I can't, I can't function within this society mm. and sell the nonsense garbage products that people, sure. I can't do it. Sure. And in the same way, I can't put myself into some kind of a false authority position where I'm, I'm going to, you know, uh, take advantage of other people. It just totally goes against my grain. Right. And, and I'm the same way. I mean, I... I... So I'm very sympathetic to the people who find themselves in positions of power that are abusive. Mm -hmm. And this this place, the European Union, uh, is caught my attention because I'm thinking, you know, these women who uh, work in this European um, parliament and are faced with criminal activity in the form of sexual persecution have no recourse. These guys can get away with it because yeah. it's a. there's a board of men who decide whether it's sexual harassment or not, and they never in the history have they ever found a mm-hmm. case that they consider to be sexual harassment. That tells me there's a problem. Interesting, yeah. That's the problem. And yeah. number two, uh, they're policing themselves. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's a problem. Yep. And so um, I will go to bat uh, against the system that's corrupt that... Uh, that allows kinds of abuses of people like that. Mm-hmm. Now, but I see this issue, uh, but I divide. I think where I, you and I probably may part company or where mm. I'm going to get myself in trouble in hot water with, <laughs> when, is when it talk when it comes to, like, college-age girls uh, claiming that the college guy from the frat house that they met the night before and got drunk with and slept with that he raped them. I'm okay. like, that's a whole different thing. Okay. Okay, you're responsible for your behavior. Look, the, it's, the answer to that problem is don't drink. Sure. Okay. How many of these problems, uh, when we talk about rape, uh, so-called rape on college campus, how many of them are drug, uh, alcohol related? I would say the vast majority of them. But here's all here's, of them. Yeah.
1: Here's where I here's where I want to I want to I want to talk about this a little bit but right now. All right. We've been focusing on women. Yeah. Okay. We're we're talking about we've been talking about the the, the victims. Right. Okay. Uh, I think what. And again, you know we're talking about big ideas and this you know, and, and this is this purpose of our podcast. We're yeah. gonna find common ground here okay. in a little bit. But but what I think is lacking in this entire conversation about Me Too mm-hmm. I think actually you and I are in quite a bit of agreement on you know, standing up for the woman who's been harassed and the woman who's been victimized. I, I agree. We're in agreement. I'm against on that. Any, peop- any 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 type of abuse of power over right. anyone. Yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. So, when you are growing up in our culture, it's not very long. As soon as you start getting some hormones, you start finding pornography. And pornography begins to show women as tools or as objects of sexual desire. Watch a TV commercial. Women. Objects of sexual desire. Watch any show out there. Women. Objects of sexual desire. What we as men now—I can't speak about this as a man. I—I I, I can't say anything about about the ladies well, out look there. Look at the
0: magazine rack. Look at—they
1: the, all have the, lipstick. What all, is that? What is they, lipstick? Yeah. Lipstick is sexual signaling. Exactly. It's—it's it's, so here's the thing. In sex sales, right? Okay. We have been trained. We as men have been trained from birth to think about females as objects, as tools, as something that we use for sexual gratification. So, if this hashtag MeToo movement begins to teach men that women are actually human beings and they are not objects for sexual gratification, they are not objects of ownership or objects to have power over, if it begins to change that dynamic, wonderful. What needs to be, and this is only my opinion, what really needs to be the focus here is men as much as women. Men need to be educated that women are their equals and that they are not objects. And, you know, again, I'm going back to my Marxist roots. What? Sex sells. The pornography industry is one of the biggest industries in this country. That's why we have an Internet today. Yes, exactly. And, And so, you know... Who's making money on this? Well, you have your 1% of your 1% that are making all the money on this thing. And so long as it's working and it's making the rich richer, they're not going to be changing the message. So
0: it's really up to us guys. So what you're, I hear you saying is that there's a contradiction built into our system yeah. where um, sex sells and women wear a lipstick, and they wear a red. He- Let me tell you a story. Yeah. I was working at this company in Virginia Beach, Virginia, and we had a meeting where everybody was called into the conference room, and th- it was to promote or this one salesman, actually to acknowledge that he closed a big deal, and they said, you know, he's going to get this big commission check, and they patted him on the back, and it was all great, and every- everything was wonderful. And uh, and then um, it was time to go home, and I-, I went down to the parking lot, and then I realized I left my coat back in the office, so I went back in, went through security, went upstairs, and do you know that this guy was being escorted out of the building by security? They were putting all his belongings into a into a brown box, you know how they do, they give you the little cardboard yeah. box, and he yeah. had all his stuff, and he was, this dude was fired immediately after that meeting. He's not going to get his commission checked, that was a lie, the whole thing, okay? Huh. The reason he was getting fired is because he told this 18-year-old girl who had been working there a month or two that she had sexy shoes, Oh, okay. She had, she she would wear uh, bright red lipstick, going. and she would wear these red shoes, and she would walk around with her chest out. She was a hot little number, and she mm-hmm. knew it. Mm-hmm. And she just flaunted everywhere, and it was kind of obscene, okay? Mm-hmm. And so here he was, feeling good about his commission check and blah, blah, blah. And so he made a comment that he thought she wanted to hear. Because uh-huh. that, that he was feeling at the top of his game. Uh-huh. You know, he just uh-huh. made his commission. Sure. He's feeling like a man, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. wanted her, He, she wants a man, obviously, by the way she's dressed and mm-hmm. behaving. She mm-hmm. wants a real man. He said, oh, I'm a real man. So he stepped up to the plate and he said, hey, I like those shoes. I don't even think he said sexy. He just said, I like those shoes. Uh-huh. And that was enough for her to go and complain, and he got immediately terminated. Yeah. Yeah. No hesitation. You're out the door, buddy. No commission check. Pack your stuff. You're gone. That's certainly okay. a story of overreaction. Well, this is not an uncommon thing. Okay, what I'm saying to you is... Uh, when I use the term witch hunt, I'm saying this has been going on for a long time, way before there was a Me Too movement. Okay, there's been this overreaction. If a man on the job says or does something that's inappropriate, they get hammered for it. Okay, and I've had situations myself where I went, I was working a job as a paging company in San Diego, and I walked into a place of business that we that was our customer, and there was a cute girl that worked back there. She had brown hair and brown eyes, and I thought she, we had a moment. I thought she looked at me, and I looked at her, and we talked. So the next time I came in there I kind of you know was a little bit more friendly and not flirtatious but mm-hmm. friendly mm-hmm. and I suggested to her that maybe we could get lunch sometime uh-huh. okay you asked her out basically I asked her out mm-hmm. and there was nothing uh inappropriate about it mm-hmm. there was nothing that was suggestive mm-hmm. in any way mm-hmm. okay because I'm a gentleman I'm mm-hmm. careful mm-hmm. all right and I was a young I was young I was probably 20 21 22 years old uh-huh all right. Well, I get back to the office, and the manager, uh, the owner, says, calls me in. And he says, uh, "He says, Mark, yeah, I need to talk to you in the office." So he came in, I closed the door, and I'm like, "Oh shit, I'm in trouble." You know what mm-hmm. the fuck? And uh, mm-hmm. I'm a little bit worried. My heart's going up. And then he tells me, he tells me that this girl complained. Uh huh. And I'm like, "What the?" fuck yeah you know i mean i was like i couldn't believe it but then he didn't he didn't take it too seriously because he knew my character and he knew me Uh but i was floored man Uh and i was like this is unbelievable well yeah this
1: this is this is a dynamic but here's the thing the history see when you start talking about this stuff let's go back to power for just a minute okay if you go back and you look through all of history, in, in Western history, especially in the East,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, males have had power and authority over females for thousands, if not tens of thousands of years. You know, there there's some theory that at one point in time, females were actually the dominant gender and then somehow they lost it and the males took over. I don't know if that's true or not. Only the, in the, the deep Amazon where Wonder Woman's from, I think right? she would, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. Males have had power, they've had that power for thousands of years. And you know, here's the thing. I'm going to quote one of my favorite philosophers, and this is what he said. To whom much is given, much is required. So if men are supposedly have this power, that means it falls on us. Yeah, I agree with that. It falls on us. I agree with that. And if there's a misunderstanding, then there's a misunderstanding. But I can guarantee you, there's been a lot more women that have been harassed or assaulted than there has been men who have been unjustly fired because of accusations. And
0: it's only been in recent times, in very recent times, that men would get fired for something like that. Absolutely, and that's because the companies have a liability issue. Yeah. And so again, you know, boils and believe down me, the money. believe me, they got rid of her too. They knew she was the problem. Is that right? Oh yeah, mm. they knew she was the problem. Mm-hmm. But they couldn't legally; they had their they had to follow procedures. Yeah, and human mm-hmm. resources took care of that. Policy and immediately lawyers. they started writing paper on her for every little infraction, uh-huh. so they could get rid of her legally without any trouble. Uh-huh. And that's how that's what the human resource department is there for is to protect mm-hmm. the liability of the company. It's not for the help benefit of the employees. <laughs> yeah. All right, so don't get that. confused. That's hilarious. Don't yeah. get that confused. But um, yeah. Exactly. So in the
1: name, human resources. Who's who is the Human resources for? The yeah. Company. It's a resource, yeah, a labor yeah. resource, a commodity, if you will. I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: No, you get, you get, when we talk, I start to go down a hundred different uh, rabbit holes. And, yeah, yeah. But, that's but all right, getting that's back all right. to the subject at hand, I was trying to make a distinction earlier between power and what's what passes for uh, rape on the college campus. Okay, let's talk These, about that. That's for a whole minute. other thing. Yeah, yeah. Let's 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 dive into There's that. only one thing that needs to be said about it. Mm. Okay, you're all on a right. college campus. It, if you're drinking alcohol. You're mm. asking for trouble.
1: That's pretty simple. That's it. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Look, if you get behind the wheel of a car and you're drinking alcohol, you're asking for trouble. Sure. Sure. If, if you get home and you don't kill somebody, then you think you did something that, you know, you, you could did do it again. Great. Yeah. Or and whatever. Then, and right. you do it again, and guess what? Yeah. Uh, there's going to be a problem. Exactly. So eventually, it's going to catch up with you. Yeah, exactly. You just don't do it. Right,
1: right. So here's the thing there's no doubt in my mind that there's going to be occasions on you know, college campuses or amongst young people or even old people, you know, where the two of you go out and you get completely wasted. And the next thing you know, you wake up and, you know, like Willie Nelson says, you know, you go to bed at, at two with a 10 and you wake up at 10 with a two. That's pretty sexist anyway. I shouldn't have said that. Sorry. Uh, but, um, you know, you go out and you get blitzed and, and, the next thing you know, you know, you wake up and you're you're a guy and you're, you know, waking up next to this girl that you barely remember. And she's saying, you know, you, you had sex with her and uh, she doesn't remember telling you it was okay. And you what don't do you- remember anything either. Yeah. So, you
0: know, is that rape? Right? I don't know. Let me tell you a story. This happened at uh, a college in California. I'm trying to remember the name of it. I think it was... Uh, it's not Occidental, but it, it might've been, well, anyway, there was this, a school out there in California. This is a few years back. I think about 10 or 15, 20 years. And, uh, the, 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 same scenario that you just painted came true. But the night before she had texted him and said, do you have condoms? And he said, yes. Mm-hmm. And then they both were like, okay, let's do it. So there's there, that seems mm-hmm. to, they ended up in court over this because the, um, the, when she, when they woke up the next morning, um, she had her clothes on, and he had his clothes on, but they couldn't remember either one of them what had happened. Right. And she went and told her friends, and um, her friends were like, well, you know, he raped you. And so she went ahead and yeah. uh, accused him of it. Yeah. And this whole, th- they went to the police. The police couldn't get any physical evidence with the swab, right. that, and they did the whole number. Right. And uh, so there was no evidence of a crime. And uh-huh. he, he still was uh, lost his, uh, he, he got kicked out of school and, and lost his job and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Now. The thing is, people could say, well, that wasn't fair. You know, he he didn't commit the crime. He was falsely accused and blah, blah, blah. But my thing is, don't drink and drive. Well, here's the thing. It was, and again... Now don't, I don't drink and
1: drive. I, I don't know if you'll agree with me on don't this. Don't drink and drive. Yeah, just, just... I know, I'm not... Yeah, obviously. Problem and, solved. Well, just, just let me finish here. Here's the thing. Okay, <laughs> so they go to bed, you know, or they wake up and they got their clothes on and, and her friends say, well, you know, he raped you and this kind of stuff. And he doesn't remember what happened and she doesn't remember what happened. Here's the thing. Because of the history of males having power over females, that young man... Should have been responsible for not getting so drunk that he didn't remember what he was doing with a female.
0: Right. He He should have been responsible. He should have been raised. He should have been raised better than that. Number one. He should have been raised better than that. He obviously was being influenced by his friends, as she was. Mm -hmm. So there's guilt on both sides here. And when, as you said earlier, and I agree that the responsibility falls on the man. Our job is to be the leader in a relationship, and that what it means to be a leader is to be worthy of respect. Okay, you can't lead somebody who doesn't respect you. And mm-hmm. how can you? How are they going to respect you when you're leading them into the bedroom when you're drunk, right? right. Or when they're drunk?
1: Yeah. It, it, mean, as far as our job as males to be leader in the relationship, I don't know. I take a little bit of point on that. I, but, I take
0: it as my responsibility to lead. Period. It, now, whether woman wants to follow is her business. Okay. <laughs> well, in a in a relationship,
1: if in a casual relationship, and we're not talking about marriage here, we're talking about, you know. Uh, uh, Casual sex, or we're talking about two people meeting up at a
0: bar or something, it's the male's responsibility to know what he's doing. That's what it means to lead. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. All right, okay. I'll go with you. I'm there. Not, when I say lead, I don't mean put a gun to somebody's head and tell them what to okay. do. I thought you were going to say lead by example. You have nonsense. to take responsibility. Look, the, uh, women are. Concern. This is biologically how women are uh, their function, and, and, and there's exceptions to every rule. But the thing is, they're concerned more about what's going. On. Like, you take your wife for example. She's mm-hmm. more concerned about her family, what's going on, and she's not so interested in talking about politics and religion. That's <laughs> that's why she that. thinks she's we're a couple of idiots. Yeah, right. and, you know, that's exactly right. But so what? And, and that and but she's doing her role, yes. and that's important and essential. Mm-hmm. And so, but because she's doing that role, that frees you up to do what you what you naturally need to do and what you naturally need to. Do is survey the horizon on the Serengeti. Look for the lion on the distance. Yeah. Be prepared for the trouble that's coming down the road. Right? Yeah. Can, How, you, can you call her and tell her that later <laughs> on? But that's we're big picture. We're big. Yeah, picture. we're
1: big picture. I, I I knew a guy. He was a deacon at church, and he said, you know, his wife takes care of the minor things, and he mm. takes care of the really important things. You know, his wife pays the bills, pays the rent, fixes dinner. You know, buys the groceries, puts gas in the car, and 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 those are the minor things. He takes care of the important things, like you know how the president's doing, and uh, you know uh, you know uh, how Europe is over there, and that kind of stuff. And I thought that was kind of hilarious. Uh, yeah, he takes care. He, he takes
0: care of what's imp- the really he, important, really stuff important stuff. He takes care of Down at the moose lodge. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So the. the... <laughs> Yeah, uh, down at the Moose Lodge. Okay, so yeah. so to to get back
1: on uh, the uh, the college campus type thing, the what makes this thing so complicated is the idea of sex sexual drives. Men are not the only ones with a sexual drive. Women also have a sexual drive. Yeah, but, but... because of history mm-hmm. and because of the way the world has worked for mm-hmm. thousands of years. It's a man's responsibility mm-hmm. to know what he's doing. Right. And not that he's going to do anything. Not that, his, not that the girl won't take advantage of him in mm-hmm. some way. But think about mm-hmm. it. Think about it. What's the male fantasy? The male fantasy is, you know, two women come in and just jump his bones, right? That's the we, fantasy. That's the fantasy. You know, we, 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 you know, I've never heard of a guy, unless he was a child, being raped by a female but how many females are raped by males. So, therefore, it's the man's responsibility to watch what he says at work, to watch what he does... To change his way yep. of, th- I'm preaching now. I'm sorry, I'm going to go off on it because I I, 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 see this every day, Mark. No, I, I
0: don't disagree. I, I this see is, it. I, this is the takeaway from the Me Too movement. This is the takeaway. Yeah. This is what needs. This is the discussion that needs to be had. Yes. Now at the same time, um, you know, I'll reiterate my uh, devil's advocate position that I sure. stated earlier, which is, um, that there. People have gone too far with accusing men of, of sexual harassment. I think they've gone overboard. And there has been some collateral damage as a result of this attempt to rectify the fact that the pendulum had swung far too too far to the left, and now it needs to swing back to the right, and so there are some men who are getting knocked down uh, unfairly. Um, you know, I'm not going to disagree with you on that, but I think that, and again, I'm I'm just coming
1: from a different perspective. Right. If you put the numbers together, you're going to find a whole hell of a lot more women that are being mistreated and harassed than there are women than there are men that are being treated unfairly. Okay. I really think that's. But the I case. mean, it,
0: my only thing is, it set back ugly men 30 years. <laughs> it set back ugly men 30 years. Okay,
1: I'll that keep... sounds hilarious, but I'm not sure what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm
0: just, I don't know. I, I heard somebody else say that, and I, I thought it was funny. So. I'm just trying to interject uh, some levity. Yeah, you know, oh, I don't yeah, really sure. believe that. I don't really care. I mean, honestly, if you hadn't brought this to my attention, uh-huh. we wouldn't be talking about it, uh-huh. and I don't really find that it's a subject that... Because this... this I almost said I don't care, but that's not true. Mm-hmm. I do care, but the thing is... This podcast. This is the first time we've actually taken on a current, current event. event, and I don't really. That's not what I. Uh, I I'd rather talk about things that are evergreen that somebody could listen to sure. uh, twenty years from now, and it would be as meaningful to them then as it is at the, the time we're recording it. The only thing, I'm but I'm say afraid to, you, to say this is evergreen. Yes, I'm afraid it is. I no. really
1: and right now it's getting a lot of attention because a lot of rich white people have fallen into it. Mm-hmm. But one of these days. Probably in the next five or six years, the attention's going to fade away, but the problem's still going to be there.
0: Well, I just want to repeat what I said several times before, which is that when I look at this problem, I think that alcohol Mm. is a big factor Mm -hmm. in this whole problem. So now, Mm -hmm. when it comes to people with power, they don't have to have alcohol Mm -hmm. because the power is their intoxicant. Exactly. And so that's why I make a distinction between these two things. There's, it's two different crimes, really, in my view. And one is just stupidity. When you get involved with alcohol, it makes you, it, you lose IQ points, literally. I mean, <laughs> yeah, and, um, right, right. And it doesn't mean that you're not responsible for behavior, but it does mean that you ought to know that ahead of time. Yeah. And you want to make, you know, so like it, I'm just repeating the same points we made about being a gentleman, etc. Yeah, and I, and I agree with you on the alcohol. The the, uh, the thing that I would add to
1: that, um, and I want to, before we close down, I really want to say this. I uh-huh. think it's important. Um, I think that one of the biggest things that our culture needs is an open and
0: honest communication about sex. Uh, yeah, because the you mentioned that earlier in your yes. opening statement, you mm-hmm. re, you made reference to the Puritan the Puritan era mm-hmm. of uh, and the Europe the Victorian era yes. and the Puritan um, ideals still of, affects us today. It still has a huge effect. I mean, it's you know this has not really gone away. No, and you have uh, a lot of suppressed sexual desires yes. that uh, manifest themselves. Uh, they're going to come out. You're not going to suppress the sex drive. And and, and and the thing about it is is that... They come out in inappropriate they, ways. They come
1: out in inappropriate ways. Right. And one of the things that guys, I think, are not doing is acknowledging their sex drive. I'll give you, for instance. Now, my wife's going to kill me on this. Uh, but we were we were in our, our little coffee shop here in this little town. And um, there's a young girl. I mean, way younger than what I should even be looking at. She's probably 18, 19 years old wearing uh short shorts, blonde hair, real pretty. And you know what? Mark? Mm. I'll be honest with you, before I could even think about it, my eyes went to, straight to her legs. That's the target area.
0: That's because that was the, the skin that was biologically showing up. that's the target area. Yeah. I mean, it's hardwired into your brain. Exactly. It's like looking at the wall and seeing a face because it's, exactly. it, the face wasn't there, but it's when we our brain is going to look for a face. Yeah. That's what it does. Yeah, exactly, like what we were talking about the other day.
1: And, right. and the thing about it is, does that mean I'm cheating on my wife? Does that mean that I'm some sort of a pervert? Well,
0: I think... It's automatic. What did you do, in the, what did you do like, seconds after that? I like, looked did you, away. You, you, I said, you my you God, that girl's eyes. way too yeah, young well, the, to be checking out. You know, in the Bible, in the book of Job, he says that he made a covenant with his eyes, mm-hmm. not to lust. And <clears> so, <throat> so this is the thing that... Um, <clears> this <throat> is not an easy thing, but this is something that needs <clears> to be taught to young men. It, and yes. And, you know... It's not an easy thing okay and no and and going one step further there's a di- uh i think you can be friendly and and with some uh, the a, a member of the opposite sex and not be flirtatious or yes. you can say maybe say to word it a different way you can being flirtatious is just being friendly and that's not a crime okay so you can uh, and it's far better to engage in dialogue and conversation with a pretty girl mm-hmm. than it is to try not to look at her. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, if, then you really look like a pervert. Because now, because you're, you're still yeah. lusting. Right. I mean, you're, you you looked at her for a second, you look away, but that didn't take the image away, did it? It's burned yeah. into your retina, and you're sure, going to go home and fantasize about it. No, I'm not. No, I'm I, not, I'm gonna not be saying doing that. you. I'm saying <laughs> I'm saying that the teenage boy, the teenage boy. Okay. Of course He is. Yeah. yeah. Of course he is. Yeah. And that's just uh, you know men are very uh, uh, what do you call visual, mm-hmm. and you have, we could d- take a snapshot picture and think about it later, and that's mm-hmm. uh, sorry to let you in on a little secret, ladies, but that's... That's how it works. It, now, and, and that's true. And and you know, I, I,
1: the way I understood it is, men are very visual in their sexual fantasies, and I believe, I believe, I may be wrong, but women's sexual fantasies are more, um, more emotional, more relationship-wise, more connected. Yeah, and there's
0: an auditory thing, and there's uh-huh. and there's yeah. like yep. romance yep. novels, right? Which, that's that's basically pr- pornography. Yeah, I mean, there's romance. There's themes that you find within romance mm-hmm. novels, and these are themes that are, that uh, the women respond to.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, mm-hmm. but um, somebody explained it to me one one way and said that uh, women are like a uh, are like a tea kettle. You have to put them on the fire and get them warm before the before the uh, the water will boil. But <laughs> but but, uh, but men are, oh boy, okay. But uh, many of your comments hold in on. the section below. <laughs> No, no, no! I knew we were gonna you get only get heard half the story. Oh, okay. okay. Men are <laughs> men are like microwaves. We're instantly ready to go. Yeah. Okay. So right. there's the difference is that a microwave is sexual right now. Yeah. Boom. You yep. Push the button. He's ready to go. Women, on the other hand, they have to. They have to have the romance. They have to have the flowers. Right. They have to have the lights. They have to, the mood has to be right. To so put you have it, to
1: nurture them. To put it more concisely, I'm going to quote Billy Crystal from City Slickers. Okay. He said, "Women need a reason to have sex." Men just need a
0: place. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's what it comes down but, to.
1: You know, that's not really true, but that's, that's an overstatement about sexual behavior and sexual thoughts between the genders, and there needs to be a real conversation.
0: There's also social pressures and such because, you know, Absolutely. girls especially will often, especially white girls, they'll mm-hmm. want to get approval from their friends before they date somebody, uh, you know, mm-hmm. because there has to be yep. social proof, you know. Actually, I see that a lot in, in my job. Right. Yeah. It's not yep. so much true in minority groups, you know, mm. and that's why I don't date white women. But okay, because um, I, because I, I, then I have to get approval from their friends. <laughs> yeah. how, how is that going to happen? That makes it. That's dead. not going to happen. So, uh, <laughs> so you know, I, you, you, you know, that's hilarious. But, um, but yeah, so there's. I think when you have when you're at a certain level of of you talked about different status or different. Mm. Um, Different uh, class, like there's yes. a class struggle. Mm-hmm. People at a lower class and people at a higher class behave differently, and they yes. have different motivations mm-hmm. and different fears. Mm-hmm. So, like if if you're at a lower class, you're not going to have a fear that if you get caught shoplifting at Walmart, that all your friends are going to not want to be your friends anymore because they're doing they're shoplifting, they don't care, right? Okay, right. because they know that they're poor and they need the you know who cares? And if yeah. you get caught shoplifting, it's no big deal. You don't lose your friends over mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. But if you're at a higher status level, and you know your dad owns a, a big uh, a business in town, and you sit at the, you know, you're in an honors class at in, in the high school, mm-hmm. I mean, you got caught shoplifting, oh my God, that yeah. would be the end of the world. Absolutely. So, you know, there's, people are motivated to stay within their certain boundaries based mm-hmm. on, you know. Based the, on class and status. Class and status, mm-hmm. and, they, and certain things that would f- make mm-hmm. you fall in line uh, for one group doesn't apply to another. Absolutely. So you've got some people, and this is one of the reasons why people at a higher class are dating uh, people Within their own class structure, mm-hmm. and because because of that very reason, yep. but that doesn't mean that they have somehow escaped the threat of uh, being abused sexually. Because mm-hmm. in that class system, within that class, there's a power structure, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> so there's no life is complicated. Um, there's mm-hmm. no easy answers. But my advice is, if you're going to go to college and drink with your buddies, uh, don't do it in mixed company. Mm. Hang out with your... G- when we were in high school... And if you do, do it in moderation. When we were in high school, we used to drink and, and oh, party. Lord. Oh, yes. But it was always the guys. I mean, we never... I did. I don't remember ever being in a situation when there were girls around. If
1: there was girls, and I do remember a few situations where there was girls around, uh, sooner or later, somebody was trying to score with them. And uh, there's some things I
0: wasn't there for that. Yeah, you weren't, but I was. Okay. And
1: I can tell you that, and I'm obviously I'm not going to name any names or say anything about this, but there are some things that I witnessed as a teenager uh-huh. that would be
0: cross the line
1: to be sexual
0: assault nowadays. Yeah. Okay. Well, and so yes, to reiterate, there's, there's been a long history of abuse towards women, and mm-hmm. they um, and. So, what we're seeing with this Me Too movement is a a recalibration of the system. Uh, People want to be able to come out and speak. But I think that when you accuse somebody of, uh, you say, Me Too, that something happened 10, 12, 13 years ago, um, that's kind of too far in the past to be bringing it up. Uh... I mean, I think... Well, now here's the thing. I'm going
1: to disagree with you on that just a little bit, okay? Okay. Because... um... Even though, um, let's think about the uh, the Supreme Court judge that got nominated uh, that had the big controversy. Oh yeah, What's we were going to talk
0: about that, and we didn't talk about that. No, what
1: was the, what was the dude's name? See, I've Thomas. Already forgot. No, it wasn't Thomas. This uh, oh, this this guy yeah. lately. Yeah, the other guy. Yeah, and, and of course, is a Trump nominee, and history and, and, repeating and, itself. Yeah, exactly. And this woman comes forward and she says, you know, that that he he raped her when mm-hmm. they were in high school. So, um, okay. Let's take the politics out of it, okay? Let's just say that he... Let's say that he did. No, I'm not I'm not being political. Let's just, for the sake of argument, let's say that he did. And, you know, that would have been... She's roughly our age, and uh, that would have been 30-some years ago. But I can tell you that trauma
0: stays in the brain for the rest of your life. Oh, yeah, it's a serious thing. I mean, it does trauma, sexual abuse, people being raped at a young age, affects their entire life. Absolutely. I mean, it, it can affect, um, you know, it, it, let's think of ways in which it would affect you. Um, um, you can, as a consequence of that, uh, maybe you force yourself to be overweight the rest of your life because you don't want... So people will not be attracted to so, you. So people won't you. be attracted to you. There's That's two, one example.
1: Two basic reactions to mm-hmm. sexual assault or mm-hmm. sexual abuse one is hyposexuality, and right. the other one is hypersexuality. Hyposexuality yep. is a fear of being uh, not wanting to have sex or mm-hmm. a fear of sex. Hypersexuality mm-hmm. is an overactive mm-hmm. sexual uh, lifestyle. And people who are hyposexual, when they begin to feel those same sensations, it triggers the amygdala, which is the uh, part of the brain that stores um, fear based memories. Mm-hmm. And it triggers them, and they, they mm. go into a, basically a panic attack. Yeah. Um, whereas the ones who are hypersexual, um, what they're doing is reenacting mm-hmm. the, the assault over and over and over again in some way, some lost way of trying to regain the power Mm-hmm. That was taken from them.
0: Yeah, you tried to hurt me, but look, I'm surviving, and I'm not going to let this hurt me. And in fact, I'm going to relish it, I'm going to indulge in it, Ex- I'm going to engage exactly. in it. And so yes. they go to the other extreme. And exactly. So that, those are two typical reactions. Yes. Now, one thing that never gets talked about, really, and uh, is how this can bring on... Um, latent homosexual tendencies, too, because, like, if a child, if a man was to abuse a boy, now, that's, that's not being talked about. But, no, it's but not. Now, it's Now, con- that's controversial, and that's subject for another
1: podcast as well, but, um,
0: you This know, is a frequent occurrence. Yes,
1: it is, and, and amongst the, um, the gay clients that I've had...
0: How many gay um, men were abused as children? Most of them. Okay. Now, is that the cause, or... Something else. We I said latent know. homosexual. Tips. Right. So latent. And the reason I say that is because I don't want to make judgments about whether a person is gay or not, I and mean, they can define that for themselves. Absolutely. But I do think that you can't ignore the fact that so many people who are identifying themselves as homosexual were abused as children. Absolutely. I have several okay. clients that that. And face that so it's a complicated thing. I'm mm-hmm. not making any judgments about why people are gay or not, and not drawing any conclusions what i'm saying that when we're sitting here talking about me too that subject is not included is it they don't no, it's not and so that's a huge thing yes and you talk about abuse of power what about ministers and preachers oh, and my priests goodness.
1: absolutely yeah think about the catholic church with yeah. the
0: uh, with the, the cover ups yes yeah. oh my goodness yeah. that's uh, that's a whole ball of that's a whole wack- other ball of how
1: in the world could that be possible in today's day see the thing about it is is, is a, yeah. as long as we don't if we continue to avoid Openly talking about sex and sexual behavior; these things remain hidden, and anything that's hidden continues. And uh, you know, the priesthood celibate. Hmm. I wonder if that had anything to do with it. Where priests were supposed to take a uh, an oath of celibacy. Yeah. Well, that was. And, you know. I mean,
0: that just drew, drew men to the to the. To the priesthood, who already had you some already dysfunction, sexually, sexually and because mm-hmm. and so the the whole Victorian. Let's not talk about sex is what starts the problem. Absolutely. And then when you tell them that you have to be celibate, that compounds the problem. Absolutely. And then what happens is you can't suppress that sexual desire; it starts to come out. So what mm-hmm. happens is the teacher at the Catholic school sees one of the feminine boys, and you know thinks, "Oh, I'm going to have my way with him," and it's mm-hmm. okay because. You know he rationalizes it, and yeah, sure. and, and this is what happens mm-hmm, mm-hmm. over and over again.
1: All because you know uh, Jesus. You mentioned Catholics, so here we go. Jesus said, "Whatever is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the rooftop." And we're not doing that because the uh, the subject of sex is a taboo, and you know uh, it, it, it's it's a taboo. But here's the thing: it, it, there's two basic drives to human beings. We only have two instincts. One is preservation of the self. That means if a bus is coming at me, I'm going to get out of the way. I don't even need to think about it. I will do it. Okay. The other one is preservation of the species. And that is an instinct to reproduce. And sex, even if you use it as recreation or enjoyment or a form of intimacy, the basic physical function of sex is to produce an offspring. And so it's it's okay for us to talk about preservation of the self, but why isn't it okay for us to talk about preservation of the species? To openly talk about sexual desires and to openly talk about sexual experiences—that's a taboo. It goes against our quote Christian upbringing. It goes
0: against uh, sexual morality. Well, I think it's very—I think it's very unhealthy for a while. It is it's very unhealthy not to talk about it. And I think yeah. that the, I, I, you know families that do have open dialogue about. Sex with their children at an early age, and it's not a big deal. Then guess what? It's not a big deal. Right. Okay. It becomes but just if a it's part of but life, if, if parents can't talk about it and don't talk about it, guess what? Mm-hmm. It's a huge deal. Yeah. And you know, I'm not gonna
1: let's 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 not make this. Uh, uh, you know, I'm not gonna be a hypocrite here. I think that everyone out there, if I told you that you needed to start talking uh, to your kids about how sex works and what sex is by the time they're 9 or 10 or 11, you're going to freak out on me. You'd freak out on me because, number one, we've been programmed to think that if we talk about sex, we're going to create sexual perverts. And number two, we've been programmed to think of sex as something embarrassing. So the idea of a parent talking to their kid about sex is going to embarrass the parent, and it's also going to embarrass the kid.
0: Well, the fact is, I mean, that. when you get to first grade, you're going to learn the beards and the bees anyway. Oh, yeah. I mean I, re- I mean, I may not be true everywhere, but I grew up in Alaska, okay? And mm-hmm. I knew nothing about sex until I got to school. Until you I, got to the school, The very yeah. first day. The very first day in first grade, we the teacher told us to, the boys to go to the bathroom and wash their hands. And that's when I learned how babies were made. <laughs> It's early, <laughs> yeah. Man, I live, yeah. like, this, Alaska's some rough kids, man. Yeah. All right, there's some rough kids up there, man. Oh, yeah. Everybody, yeah. people who live in Alaska are the misfits of their family. And now, <laughs> you know, they're the black sheep, and you know, and their kids uh, learn about sex early, and they like to talk about it with other kids on the school, school grounds, you know. So well,
1: I learned it on the school bus, I was about, yeah. I think, about seventh grade somewhere. I mean, I knew, seventh but the grade. first time I ever saw pornography was yeah. on the school bus oh, in well. seventh grade. And uh, I was like, man, she looks like she's in pain, you know, that
0: kind of stuff. And then you said preservation of the species and you said preservation of your own life. And so I would translate that into like, I would just, the shortcut I would just say is money and sex. And so so money and sex, because money is what we need for security to pay the rent and survive in this world. We're Mm. not really, you know, out there fighting the elements of nature. Right. But um, so you've got money and sex. Okay. Sure. Now, this is the baseline. This is the most base. Um, part of the human being, okay. Yes. Um, but we don't learn about how to handle money. We're not taught that. No. We're not lear- We don't learn about sex. We're not educated on that, really. Right. And so these are the most base part of the human nature, and we're not getting educated on either one of them. Right. And as a result, um, you know, people spend their whole life trying to figure out how to make money and how to get sex and yeah and those two things are become the dominant thought in their mind and their life and yeah. i'm saying that you're not going to experience joy peace and happiness if all you're doing is chasing money and sex well that's exactly right and it, yeah it, that's a good point man
1: i don't i don't have anything to add to that that's that's exactly all right, right. we're right. done for tonight. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well we do need to be done i need to be getting home I yeah think, I, mean, I think we've had a good discussion if you want to um experience fulfillment in your life, then you have to get past the ego-driven... the sex the money those are the, the it's important look if you don't if you if you don't have mm-hmm. sex in your life you're going to feel like that missing thing is making you miserable mm-hmm. if you don't have money in your life you're going to feel like that missing thing in your life is making you miserable mm-hmm. but we do have to find some fulfillment and uh, arise above it and because yes. it's an these are ego things these are physical things these mm-hmm. are not these are they may be natural but they're not spiritual no. okay and so we need to grow spiritually we need to evolve as a species we need to become uh, people who want to care for one another and help one another and build community, because that's where the fulfillment in life, emotionally, is going to come from. Absolutely. <clears throat> so, yes, uh, um, let's just conclude there. I think uh, I can't yeah. say it any better than I've said it. That's right. And uh, I think we. I'm just going to say one thing: respect.
1: Respect yourself and respect other people. That's that's the key to this hashtag Me Too. Respect the the. the the other person that happens to be female respect yourself and don't lower yourself down to the part of some you know uh, animal that's horny you know
0: respect and don't compound the problem by drinking alcohol Uh,
1: yeah I mean
0: you know so yeah or doing whatever other drug there is Have some clear intentions about where you're going in life, and Mm. and your intention about where you're going in life has got to be on an upward trajectory. You need to look into the heavens, point your finger at a star, and say, that's where I'm going, Mm. because if you don't do that, you're going to stay in the mud, and it's just going to be a life chasing sex and money. Right. Rise above it. Rise above it. Yep.
1: But the way you do it is you acknowledge that you need those two things. And you learn about those two things, and they become a regular part of your life, so that you can rise above it. You have
0: to find fulfillment in those areas. They're a necessary part of life. You they can't are. ignore it. That's if you right. if if you try to ignore it, or if you have an unhealthy relationship to these things, they're gonna it's gonna manifest in bad relationships and bad behavior. Absolutely, it's gonna manifest in a world of pain for you and others. Absolutely. Um, and if you're causing if if you're suffering and you're causing other people to suffer, that's not the world you want to live in. You're you're on teetering on the edge of hell. Okay, so it's really about intention. Do you want to continue to live in hell with a messed up life? Or do you want to take responsibility, point towards a star, and make efforts to get there? But yes, your point is well taken. You need to satisfy these base desires. You need to you need to find a way of solving that. You did that by getting married, didn't you? Yeah. 33 years you've been married. So far. <laughs> yeah, thir- 31. Wow. Yeah, 31 years. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, yeah. I congratulate you on that. You You know, that's awesome. Wonderful. Yeah.